Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. You know, I... I, I say this every week, but I do have the best job in the world because every one of you wants to go to TEDx Sydney and I get to go back there again. So I talked to Remo, as you know, a few weeks ago, and now I'm talking to Fenella Kernabone, who is the head of curatorial. Fenella, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It's great. It's great to be on your show. I've been enjoying the episodes the last few weeks. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic stuff. Oh, thanks. I just did uh, 54. And I, you know, the first thing is I kind of get to 10. And then I got to 10. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I'm at 54. And I think I've got 20 in the backlog still ready to go. I, it is the most fun thing I do, I have to tell you. Um, But I'm five weeks out from my show. So how I have any time for this, I don't know. And organizers, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, our tickets went on sale 28 minutes ago. And I'm, I'm incredibly, uh, uh, jealous of the organizers who tell us on the show, Oh yeah, we sold out in two minutes or we sold out in three minutes. We sold out in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so for it, that didn't happen to me in four minutes. So, so tell me, it's a, te- wh- it's a tense wait, isn't it? Sort of your knees are knocking all those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, your judge, I, it, it should be out. You know, we had one year it was like, well, should we publish our speakers? Or not mm. like, and we said no, we're not going to. I mean, Wellington didn't. You know, it's like that's you're coming there because it's TED, and who knows what you're going to get? It's very diverse. It's going to be people you don't know and ideas you hadn't considered, and that's the point, right? So you don't mm. you mm. you said, do you trust us? Which is what I liked about Wellington. It's called trust. Do you trust us or not? Do you trust us to do our job as curators? And that's what we're going to talk to you about today because it's curatorial is. You could argue that every aspect of the TEDx is the most important, depends on who you're talking to. But at the end of the day, it's those talks that live, you know, and everything that we do. So tell me, when did you first get involved with TED or or TEDx? Was was one before the other? TEDx, of course, my involvement goes back a couple of years. Like most people who are involved with TEDx's as an organizer, we come from listening to and and watching these TED talks and and being absolutely devoted to it. So I, you know, I'm a bit of I'm a runner, not very fast, mind you, but I do do a lot of jogging. And I don't like to listen to music when I'm running. I like to listen to people talking and ideas. So I like to use my time wisely whilst I'm sort of slowly trying very hard to amble around an oval. So I've spent a lot of time listening to TED Talks and Mm. TEDx Talks online Mm. and obviously sharing them and and trying to find things that um, 
provide me with information. My background is as a journalist and as a radio and television presenter. So I've often gone to TED Talks to to get information, to garner knowledge. Mm-hmm. So that's my background. Like most people, it's it's about learning and it's about the sharing of ideas. Um, and funnily enough, a couple of years ago when I was hosting a design program, we have a national network in Australia called Radio National, which is an ideas network too. Uh, and I was hosting a design show, and um, one of my colleagues was um, was working at TEDx Sydney, and you know called me up and said, "Would you like to come and host the live stream?" Oh. And if any if anybody's watched TEDx Sydney, it's it's a it's a BMF, it's a lovely BMF, and it's wonderful to be involved with. But also we have a you know a really dedicated live stream audience, and so after being in the audience and simply looking up at the speakers um, in awe that they were able to talk, uh, I then went on to become the host of the live stream. And the first year it was like a sort of a live television program that we had during the break. So obviously we'd stream the talk and the sessions. And then in the breaks we'd have uh, sort of a a live show where we'd interview the speakers and the performers and the volunteers and the organisers and and create – create a fun sort of informative program um, during those breaks. And they're quite lengthy breaks, so you really do have to put a lot of content in it. Um, and that was at the, uh, the Sydney Opera House where we were for the last, um, you know, three or four years um, prior to our recent move to the new convention centre. So, yeah, I was hosting the live stream, which was lots of fun. So for me it was a, a great honour and a privilege to have um, a front row seat but in a slightly different way right. where I, I managed to to speak to some of the most incredible thinkers that we have here in Australia, um, or those that are, of course, Australians that are overseas or have a strong connection to, to, to this city. So, you know, I was speaking to the former state coroner of New South Wales or mathematicians, you know, and you know the, mm, the breadth mm. of people our TEDx events have on the stage. So as the host of the live stream, being able to have that front row seat was a, was a real privilege so I did that for three years and obviously got to know lots of the great people who are working behind the scenes to make TEDx Sydney happen. And then when the extraordinary Edwina Throsby, who was the head of curation um, prior to me when she moved on, um, I was invited and, and asked if I would like to, to take on that role. So big shoes to fill, but for the last year I, I have um, been the head of curatorial at TEDx Sydney. And um, it's it's been a it's been a ride, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you so this last show that you just had a few months back, um, have you gotten? Is your are you caught up on your sleep now? Sort of. The, the the funny thing about TEDx Sydney is that it's no longer just this one big massive day. You know, it used to be um, for many years it was the main event, as you many of you may have actually visited it or watched them online and then the youth event was on the same day um so they were running simultaneously and uh, for some strange reason we decided to to break it up to put more attention on the youth event so we had our big big stage at the icc in sydney for 4,200 people in june and then we backed that up with our youth event at sydney's town hall just last month on the 6th of september so there wasn't much time to rest, uh, I, I must admit, and uh, I'm now straight back into it, starting to think about next year's event. Tell me what it is about how you approach curating that you think is unique to TEDx Sydney. Um, I think for for me, what is unique about TEDx Sydney is that we are surrounded by, as most people are in all our TEDx events, by an extraordinary breadth of 
ideas and mm. speakers. You know, Sydney is a place that is a creative zone. It is a zone full of intelligent and engaged individuals. And we also have a very engaged, very engaged tribe or a community of people that, that come to our event that participate. So I think for me, part of the work is almost done there, that we have this access to this this intelligent, creative community who can contribute and can suggest ideas, but also that we have such a breadth of humanity to, to draw on. So mm. for me, my approach is obviously to try and find those those people that are changing the world, that don't just argue for change, I suppose, that are able to make change real. So that's the type of thing that we're looking for. Uh, but also for me, it's about finding the people that I can work with that have access to different pockets. Now, I, I know I'm, I'm a producer and a television and a radio producer and a presenter, so I, I have that background in terms of producing and finding speakers or, or interviews, for example, for programs. But it's a very different thing when it comes to doing something like TEDx Sydney, mm-hmm. because you're trying to find people who can speak from a cross section of disciplines and right. backgrounds. And so for me, it's trying to find people within my curatorial team who have their fingers on the pulse in different ways. So whether they're aware of the science and technology universe, or perhaps there's someone from arts or current affairs or politics, it's bringing in that group of people who are part of my direct curatorial team and collaborating with them to try and find the best possible ideas for the, for the moment. So so for me, I think that's something that I find one of the great things about TEDx Sydney is, is that capacity to, to draw on the people that are directly around me that I work with and collaborate with who can then find people as well. So it's, it's a kind of a it's quite a um, it's like a jigsaw puzzle, I suppose. I'm, I'm sure you find that yourself with uh, with your event too. I'm I'm particularly interested in organizational structures, and you you said a couple of times that you've surround you have a tribe well the tribe of attendees and I'm thinking of everybody that any ever went to a TEDx Sydney that list is in the thousands, but that you have a curatorial <laughs> team. How many people are on that team? So it, it it depends on the event. So in the in the main event, which is the one that we had this year in, in June at the, the new venue at the ICC Sydney, um, I have a direct team of five to six people. I have a deputy head of curatorial, the wonderful Kirsty Degaris. And then within the team, there's another five or six people who contribute. Um, and we meet, as as most of these events happen, we meet a long way out from our event. And we, in fact, we had our meeting last night and we sit around and have pizzas and glasses of wine and sit there and debate and, and throw up ideas. So that's the curatorial team for the main event. I also have a separate curatorial team for the youth event. So we were just working recently, of course, on our, our TEDx Youth at Sydney stage, uh, again at Sydney Town Hall. And so that, again, is a team of five people who are all under the age of 25 who are all dedicated to it. putting on it. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Completely and I must say, different I mean, energy. I'm, yeah, completely different energy. And I'm, an, I'm an old lady these days, so I, I you know, you think you know, you think you know buy, so much. I'm not buying much. that. <laughs> but still, but sitting in sitting in those meetings with the curators on the youth team, I I I, I had an absolute you know my eyes were open to some things I hadn't even heard of before. So I really, I was really um, benefited from how they worked and actually have been trying to bring in some of the 
the sort of the really collaborative processes that they um, are part of. You know, it's not just thinking about just just about the speakers. You know, at TEDx Sydney we have a range of things that go on our stage, and performance is one of the, the pillars of what we do, along with talks, which of course is the most important aspect. But our performances are, are really key, and then we have our film program. So we also have a film curator. Who, who helps to produce these bespoke films and we, we put out, you know, an expression of interest to filmmakers around um, Sydney and around the country who then make films for us. This year we had 10 films in our film program. In addition to that, I also have a performance curator who helps to um, to line up and to arrange and to and to, to program the performances that we see on the day. So it's quite a, it's, it's actually quite a lot of people who are involved that I that I get to work with and and again it's a chance to find to find those voices they all have different ideas um, and my and my job the thing that I really love is I get to sit down and chat to some really smart people and and go that's a fantastic idea or or to direct them in a in a in a way that might be better or not if that makes sense so so yeah that's that's the curatorial team it's a, it's a, it's a structure of fun I must say Mark it is I. It's interesting you you talk performance talks and film. So so listener pay pay attention there. It's not just the talk, but it's interesting you said the performances were the pillar and I'm just now maybe coming late to the game but just now figuring out that aspect of our show and I incorporating um, films into the nut film that's that's um next year maybe. That's a really good idea. I'm okay. going to go do in partnership with the Santa Barbara um, Film Festival. But uh, the performance piece has has always been interesting for me. And this year, I wanted it to be um, – I wanted to have all the performances done by youth. I wanted mm, kids. Mm. And uh, so I just put that out there in the universe. And YouTube videos started showing up. And I fell in love like 20 times. And, you know, and explain to them, I, I can't listen. I can't do covers on the show. I mean, it's got to be original work and it's got to be, it's got to be Tedly. You know, I mean, it's got to mm. kind of rise to that. <laughs> I, I want someone to really listen and be, be moved because that's your talk, right? That song mm, is mm. your talk. And when I'm talking, having that level of conversation with a 15 year old or a 16 year old and they rise intellectually to that conversation and they uh, they're not a kid at that point they're mm. a performer mm. they're 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 a creative person and uh, to your point those conversations i think cuz that happens all year long for us as organizers right you all, all of you who are listening you're not in your head right now like it's the best part is the people we get to work with the people we interface with who are on our stage the people who are our partners i mean it's just this ongoing really amazing community. And we have this great excuse of, would you like to be on our stage? <laughs> That's, which is such a great opening, right? Uh, uh, opening uh, conversation. Uh. I want to ask you um, about the film program because I'm, I fell in love with the film about the otters. I just <laughs> was spectacular. That, that film just knocked me out and I'm I'll, actually going to, Claire, no. <laughs> it, 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 every, everything about it. I mean, cause we, w one of the things as a, a TEDx organizer is you can't help but be attracted to storytelling. And mm. that story was so good about that little family of otters. 
Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that one. Um, again, the film program, just to explain um, what we, we do is we put out a, an expression of interest quite far out. So I'm, I mean, we're, we're a good way away from our next event in 2018, but I'm right now thinking, okay, when do we need to get that expression of interest mm, out? Because mm. obviously films take a long time and they're very expensive. So people who are filmmakers who, who have produced um, films for our program do it because they're fantastic filmmakers and, uh, and they want to be involved with TEDx Sydney. So again, it's that, it's that community that, um, that come and join us, which I'm forever grateful for. Um, Funnily enough, we, we, it, it's a targeted and strategic thing. So we, we talk to agencies and we talk to the universities and the film schools and, and obviously people that have been involved with TEDx Sydney before and, and we see what comes out because, um, again, it's an expensive business to make, to make film. Um, funnily enough, Claire Clements, who made the film about uh, what's it called an Otterly Tale or something mm, like that, mm, mm. is someone that I met when I was in Singapore and, um, and I contacted her uh, randomly and, and said, hey, we've got this film program, sent her the details and said, you know, let us know if you want to do it. And obviously it's a curatorial process. So we, we go through and we create a long list and we create a short list and we try and find the films that work best on the day. Um, again, quite far out from the event. So, and she put together a really beautiful um, submission and she's a wildlife cinematographer. Right, she right, is Australian. Right. She's an Australian who right. lives in Singapore and travels. She's one of, she's actually a big devotee of the tiny house movement. So I think she's got a tiny house that she's building in New Zealand. So she's a real peregrinator. She travels the world. Um, and she spent about two years waking up bright and early every single morning as a wildlife cinematographer making a documentary series that was narrated by um, to David Attenborough, um, filming the otters who live in the waterways of Singapore, which is one of the most dense cities in the world. Um, and when I met her in Singapore ages ago, you know, she was showing me all these pictures of these otter families, and I had never heard of anything quite so delightful. Of and I of love, course. I love otters, and so yeah. she put it in, and yeah. it was—it's one—it's a really lovely um, program. And the thing that's great about it is, although she's a cinematographer, she's not actually someone who's made a film like that before. So it was her first time. As well, so we worked quite closely. Sinead McDevitt was our film curator on that one, and 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 we all worked very closely to help Claire realise that film. And it was again when I was in the room, I was backstage, and that screened. You know, you can you can after a great talk, you know that feeling. Yeah, you know yeah, that feeling yeah, when the audience yeah. either the, there might be an ovation or it doesn't matter. You just know you get that pause and you get that clap, and you can just hear when a talk works, and when the films are screened at the TEDx in the audience our audience also clapped for our films. So, and that film that Claire did got a massive clap and a cheer, which I, and I was backstage behind the screens and I, I could hear it and I was so happy. I was so happy because I was just thrilled that that film and all the other amazing films had made an impact on that audience too. So yeah, I love that you mentioned that, Mark. Is on, it was interesting, you called it an expression of interest, which sounded like a thing the way you described it. <laughs> Would you, would you it's very bureaucratic. No, that's fine. I, I like structure. I love systems. Uh, it's how we get so much done. Um, I would love it if you would send me links to any of that that are shareable, because I think there are other people who might uh, decide this is a good idea. For instance, at the Santa Barbara Film Festival, we wanted to have a closer tie with uh, the education the, the film schools and that kind of thing. So we did a thing mm. called 10, 10, 10, which was during the 10 days of the film festival, we will take 10 filmmakers and let them make a 10 minute film. 
And because we have filmmakers from all over the world here, we'll pair you up with mentors. So, right. th and that's turned into a year long thing and it's a that's thing. Right. And, and there's a the junior high version and the high school version and all of that. So given enough time, it, it clearly is an extremely uh, fun way to kind of stretch the, the brand a bit around mm -hmm. ideas uh, worth spreading in, in terms of a film. So I love that. Tell me, I, I have another. Now I'm I'm going for a tip because um and and the thing is the reason I love doing the show is because I do a show so I want to know these tips and and it's great to hear from everybody who says oh my gosh Mark I learned so much and I'm I'm do, we're doing stuff that we heard on the show and thank you so first off thank you in advance for this tip do you give me some ideas if I'm hunting for speakers. You've been doing it. You're, it's, you, it's, it sounds like it's a superpower for you. But where is mm -hmm. it? Is it the newspaper? Am I talk, going to cocktail parties? Am I hunting at the university? What, I mean, if, where, you know, where do you find them? Um, it's funny. You can find ideas from anywhere. Um, for me, it's, it's like you're an investigator. And I know that this is the same for the other members of my curatorial team. You're reading the newspaper, sure, and paying attention to what's going on in, in current events and seeing who those spokespeople are. Um, but in terms of inspiration for speakers, they can come from places that you wouldn't even expect. I, I, stalk, I stalk, if I can use that word, podcasts. Um, so I, I try and listen to the most wide range of podcasts all around. Um, I try and find voices that I haven't heard before who you can hear the most. You go, wow, mm, that person mm, is mm, incredibly mm. Elo eloquent, articulate person talking about a very specific issue. Oh, hang on. Did they just come, come up with an idea that I've never come across before? So that's one, one thing that I do. Um, for me, Twitter is an incredibly useful tool. So you find the people who are posting articles or who are writing or commenting and trying to find those those comments. And oftentimes you'll 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 find your way through to to you know again you, you it's like a choose your own adventure. You can follow the threads to to see who is uh, someone who's speaking specifically about an issue or an idea or a topic that potentially could be a talk. Um, again, we have um, some great radio programs in Australia. We have some people, that obviously, that are producing great shows. Again, their podcasts are actually on the radio. So we have local radio and national radio and there's youth radio. Um, so the ABC can be a great source to find people as well. Um, there are websites and online blogs that I find incredibly useful that are populated by smart types. So we have obviously The Conversation, which is an academic-based um, sort of website and news, news um, feed, you know, around the world, but in Australia, you know, academics from around Australia. And there could be research, you know, researchers who haven't started their PhDs through to, you know, senior professors will be publishing articles. So there again, uh, some, some great ways to find people. Um, and going out and listening to talks. I mean, I, I go and try and um, participate in, in the multitude of ideas festivals that um, take place in the city. Um, and we do have quite a lot in this in this city. Um, it's it's funny. We might be famous for our beaches and things like that, but actually, it's a it's a pretty switched on place. So there there are a lot of people, you know, who are doing some great things. Whether it's in architecture and design, like for example, this past weekend we had the Sydney Architecture Festival, um, you know, and going and hearing some panelists that you've never heard of before 
you go, oh, who is that person? Right. I mean, for the youth event, for the youth event, one of we were trying to find someone who could speak to the future, you know, from a design perspective. Um, and you know, I, I, one of the things I do is I ring. I mean, I have a lot of contacts because of the media that I've been part of, and um, which is which is a, a great thing. And so do a lot of people within my curatorial team. So I ring them and say, "Who do you know?" And then I go and ring that person, or they'll go and ring that person, and we just sit there and connect the dots. Mm. You, and then they'll say. I went and saw a panel three months ago and there was a person on that panel. I think she might have been like 22 years old and my gosh, she was really – and we go back and then search for the – you know, we scour the internet to try and find out who that person might be and then it's a phone call. It's always a phone call to start with and then a cup of coffee um, and then a lot of um, back and forth as we try and find out what that idea might be. Um, and it takes it takes a long time and it's a really rigorous curatorial process, uh, of course, until we get to that shortlist. Um, but, but, yeah, it's it's a lot of research and it's fun too. I mean, who wouldn't want to be sitting there reading and listening to, you know, intelligent people sharing ideas as you're trying to find a speaker for your event? Do you – I mean, I, I could talk for an hour on that. So I'm going to just park that for a second. Do you have an open call for speakers or are you purely investigatory and invitation only? It, it is It is a bit of both. So we have on our website a nomination form and I – as the head of curation, I it's my I go through and read all of those things, and I and I have to be honest. Now that we're starting thinking about next year, I last week I spent it feels like it was ten days within three days looking through every single email, and some of them, of course, are very short, but some of them are pages of information or pages of yeah. links and attachments. Yeah. yeah. So. It's partly investigative, so our, our curators will go and find people. I look very closely at the nominations and um, and see what's out there. And sometimes there are some great speakers that we do find that you, you might not have expected. So and and sometimes very big names too. So it's it's I I consider it um, uh, absolutely a responsibility to pay close attention to those nominations. One of the things that's very important to us though is that we do focus on our region. We focus on speakers that are Australian or have a connection to Australia and to Sydney. So um, there are oftentimes we do get a lot of nominations I've noticed from people who are American or who have, you know, and they're, they're contacting all of the TEDx events. So I have right. a suspicion, right. um, which you probably have that oh, experience yeah. Oh, yeah. as well. So it's a bit of both. Mostly it's mostly, of course, it's, it's um, finding people and then working with them to get them stage ready, as you know. Um, but you just can't, you can't, I mean, I think it's really important to to be completely open and to see what emerges and what comes out. So I, um, you know, I, I have absolutely no problem with being approached directly as well and also seeing on those nominations and seeing what comes through. And sometimes it can be great gems. In fact, I found someone who may or may not be a speaker for next year, but I went back and we get, and we get a lot of nominations. So um, it's quite significant numbers of emails. And I found an email from March that I hadn't seen of this course because I'd been in the midst of getting right. ready for June. Right. And I, I, right. I found this one email and I went to go ignore it. And I went back, oh, I'll have another look at that that one. And I was looking through them very quickly and I, I reread it and then I read it again. And then I pressed on the multitude of links um, and started watching it and went, well, this, this person's, this person's interesting. This is a, this could be a really good story. I think you need to pay more attention to this. And so I, I, I went and, um, sent emails off and asked them to send me back their ideas. And we had a, a phone call last week. I, um, 
pitched her. This is the other thing we do in our curatorial meeting. We, we all suggest speakers and then we pitch them um, and have a, con- have a big discussion about how that would work. So I, someone who, who approached us directly, I then had to go, as, even as the head of curatorial, pitch them to my team, right. say, do we want, do we want yep. to hear more? Yep. Do we want yep. to investigate more? And they said, yes, we do. So That's a great it, it, process, you know, by the way. It's a great, it's a great process, and as I said, it's it's, it's really rigorous, and um, yeah, and so I, I I don't know where this will go, and I've had conversations with this particular speaker, and said it, there are no guarantees. I have no idea, um, but let's let's keep talking. So we'll we'll keep the process going. You never know; they may they may end up being a speaker next year. So we'll see. I have found what we did this year was um, I wanted a two minute video, and all I want is a two minute video. And I'm going to learn more in that two minute video than I am in all the stuff that you're going to write me. And then if you made that cut, then we had you do a five minute video. Then if you made that cut, we then did live auditions downtown and had everybody come and the whole team was there and you could just get a sense of how they were on stage. And then some were like, we've got a Kiwi who's coming over to, to speak and so he did it on Zoom, which worked out fine. Um, but I will always do that going forward. But I'm, I'm curious, yeah. how do you, there is a, there's a group of people who it is their life mission to get on the TED stage because it's part of a <laughs> marketing plan. It's not because they've got an idea. You know exactly uh, what I'm talking about. I, yeah, it's true. It's, it is, it's part of their life plan and it comes often from the speaking bureaus. Yep. So, yep. That you know that that pitch their speakers to you directly. Um, you know there may be speakers who are in that universe who are extraordinary. Um, um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily not have a look and and give them an equal okay, chance. Okay, so you'll, you'll give them a chance. Got it. I will, but it's not. I w- but I wouldn't say it's not something that I would focus on personally. Um, oftentimes, if I see a speaker has a platform. You know, for example, there was a speaker recently that I, I, I found through investigating and, and went, oh, my God, this person, she's extraordinary in, in the world of tech. And then I actually Googled a lot and found that this person is speaking at a lot of events. Like they're not, they're not necessarily not known. Um, and so I wonder whether or not that is the right person for right. our stage. Right. So it's, it is, it is a, it's, a, it's a balance, I, I think. Um, and I know some TEDx events do use a lot of bureaus to find their speakers, um, and obviously some don't and go through a different process. So it's, it's, it really is up to what you need for that year and the diversity of ideas that you want to present on that stage. So I, I, think, I think you need to consider everything. Equally, one of the things that I really love about TEDx Sydney, and this is pre, this has existed before I've 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 joined the team in curatorial, was we have this thing called Fast Ideas, where we put it's again we call it an expression of interest. So we put it out there to people who are attending the event, um, and we say, are you interested in presenting your idea on the TEDx Sydney stage? And so. And you can watch it. We have it on YouTube and on our website, TEDxCine.com, but you can actually watch these ideas. So people send in their, um, send in their pictures. They have to send in a video and uh, obviously a script. It has to be 30 seconds long. Uh, we watch their videos. We see what they're like. We help them. We whittle that down to, you know, eight to ten fast ideas entrance. And then I have a fast ideas curator who specifically works just on these ten, eight to ten people um, to help them hone their 30 second pitch and then we get them ready and they would do a rehearsal 
and we get them up on stage to to present and that's a really popular um, segment and 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 it's and and the and the prize if you win fast ideas is is glory that's all <laughs> there's no prize <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it's and it's won by the highly highly scientific um, clapper meter, so the audience have to clap for the for the the entrant that they think has the best fast idea, uh, and it's it's lots of fun. So we, you know, I'm, it's one thing I'm I'm really passionate about. Um, we had a great one this year at the main event. The youth the youth stage this year had six really extraordinary young people. There was one 13 year old who got up on stage in her school uniform and presented mm. her fast idea. Which was really fantastic. So, um, so that's the sort of thing. And you know, we, we've thought back to your point about doing videos. I mean, one of the things that I'm weighing up, we're sort of thinking about at the moment, is maybe having a. Um, and I got this idea actually from TEDx Melbourne, which just had their event last week or two weeks ago, um, and they did this open mic night, um, which was to put a call out and have people coming along to a venue with drinks and some nibbles and. Um, you know, they send in their pitch, they send in their video. It, it's not not a huge amount of work, but you you get people from within your community to come along and um, share their idea with a two minute talk live on stage. Um, and then what TEDx Melbourne did was that they then chose one of those speakers, uh, work with them, and, and they did a short talk at TEDx Melbourne. And I thought that was a really fantastic idea. So um, I mean, I, and I love the idea of opening it up and seeing what what emerges out there too. So um, that may be on the cards. You never know. We're going to start in January. We're going to start doing that. Um, we we saw that idea, and it looked like it, it's a, an excuse to get together as a community and a way to kind of get a sense of of how things are going and what the community is talking about. One of the things I like to to know in the uh, in these conversations is w- what's the challenge? What's the, kind of the hardest part of the job? The dragon, the thing that's it's kind of always gnawing. Um. It's it's such a tough question. Uh, I was thinking about what that might be for for me. Obviously, there are things that are fantastic. TEDx Sydney is is a is a beautiful event, and it's has a, a wonderful dedicated team of volunteers who help to contribute to it. Um, and I'm blown away by the numbers of people who want to participate. I mean, even at the main event this year, there was 250 people volunteering just on the day itself to help with wayfinding. You know, 800 people applied, apparently. Ridiculous numbers of people. It's really it's really amazing. And then beyond that, there are all those that work throughout the year to help make the event happen. So we have this great pool of people who, who volunteer. Um, then, of course, the... Of course, most people who are involved in my curatorial team are all super professional. I mean, they're top of their game in whatever it is that they're doing. Um, and they come and volunteer and, and work with us as well, which I think is wonderful. And it's a great, it's a, one of the great assets of, of having this, this community of, of people that are dedicated to strong ideas. But again, people are busy, you know, and you can only dedicate so much time to, to volunteering. So you do have those who are genuinely beautiful and brilliant, but actually life gets in the way and they may or may not have time to do it again next year or they can't put as much time in. So it's trying to obviously keep and retain great people is is a challenge, um, which, you know, I must admit it's, it's fantastic and obviously at TEDx Sydney I've the same, I've got quite a core team that have been around for the last few years as well. Uh, I then have to bring in new people, retrain them, um, get them, get them involved. Um, so it does depend on people's lives. So it's, I think it's about retaining um, great great people, great volunteers, 
but also being able to find the space to bring in new ones as well who can contribute something different different that I don't have, for example. So it's, it's a bit of both. It's about keeping and bringing in the new. Um, so there's, there's a challenge that I find. So much of these conversations revolve around people. It's they're well, either in front of the stage or behind the stage or they're under the stage. They're, they're, they're it's, it's a people business, what we do. Right. Yeah. And, um, I can't tell you of, of the 54 shows so far, easily half of them, we get into a big discussion about team and how important it is. Uh, and, and everybody has, um, uh, Doug over at, uh, TEDx Jacksonville has, a, has an enlightened way of interviewing. It's very awesome. You should go listen to that show if you haven't heard it, because the way he Love talks to. about matching, it's called kanbai, which is a Japanese term, which is what's your mission in life and, and matching up the mission of the organization and, the, and your personal mission. And he, he, oh. his, his, his eloquence with which he talks about that was spectacular. So again, this is like, I feel like I'm in a, I sit in a, a one hour master class <laughs> every week, uh, getting to talk to really, like, as you said, people at the very top of their game. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you, your, your next event is you know, nine ish months away. And I'm curious, what, what are you looking forward to? Are you looking forward to do something new? Cause now you've, you've had, you know, one year you did it. You did a great job. The show was spectacular. And now it's okay. You're going to continue to kind of put your fingerprints on it, so to speak. Mm. Um, I am looking, I think the thing is what I want to try and do is to keep on being as rigorous as possible with the talks. So to try to try and get the strongest possible ideas on that stage for the moment, you know, um, one of the things is, is that TEDx Sydney is not just our main event. We have these salons that are coming up as well. So there are these, there are these additional events that I, that obviously I need to work towards, but I really, I want to try and have the best possible talks, the best possible ideas delivered on the stage, um, in, in June, 2015. So for me, it's not necessarily doing something new. It's about improving mm. and doing it as the best possible that that the best possible way that I possibly can, and that means bringing along the curators with me, and helping them to to do their job. And so for me, it's um, what I'm trying to do at the moment is to improve the lead up, if that makes sense. Remo probably talked about it in his his interview with you too, Mark. I mean, we 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 transitioned last year was very much a time of change we went from when I was brought in to do the the job um we were at the opera house which is a very established very well-known venue you might have seen it before it's got a couple of times yeah (laughs) yeah a couple of times yeah Yeah. gotcha Uh, and then um and then obviously for a variety of reasons we then moved to the international convention center sydney which is a fantastic new venue it's and and that meant doubling our audience doubling our reach and so it, it really did become a time of transition new people within the team the whole the whole thing was a lot of change so there was, you know, selling more tickets. There's a lot of stuff that was going on behind the scenes. One of the things that I'm excited about this year is that we don't have that transition um, anymore. We're able to go back and and to create the best possible event without having to focus on new venues and all these sorts of things, that we can create this this event that is holistic, that is for the community. Um, I'm very keen on, as I said again, about the lead up to it. So that means one of the things I've um, I've been really looking online at the TEDx Organizers Hub and finding some fantastic resources there. And uh, we're developing a toolkit, a handbook, 
that is going to be better than anything before. Hopefully, this is my goal. <laughs> to, speaker to give to handbook. Speakers. A speaker handbook, yeah, yeah. which um, has haven't had we haven't had before. So um, obviously, I've created one for the speakers each year, but it's something that's really solid that explains the event that it is now, not what it was. So something that will be very clear for the speakers and the performers. So that's that's important. Um, training our speakers, the workshops that we have in advance, setting up, actually having the time to be able to set up um, a really clear schedule. I, get, yeah, I know you love talking about organizational teams and things like I, that. I'm yeah, talking about just, scheduling yep. here. It's, it's, mm. Yeah, I know I'm like schedules is very exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm somebody who's coming from curatorial, but I'm all about like we have to have this on this date here and it has yep, to be here yep, and everything's yep, going to yep, be done by yep, this. Yep. So I'm, very, I'm excited about this sort of slightly <laughs> mundane stuff, but I know it's going to make it's a important, difference right? on stage. So important. The other thing that I'm excited about, um, and Remo again would have talked about this, is that at the Opera House there wasn't much space around. You'd have the concert hall and then there wasn't a huge amount of space to do stuff for partnerships, activations, etc. At this new venue, we have this whole hub that we um, have created to feed people, you know, and it's it's it has all the tribes that, um, you know, there's, you know, um, zero expectations and all of these fantastic right you know, LGBTIQ tribe where people can come along and have their lunch underneath and, and, and tour around and it's a great place to, you know, it's basically a, a little convention of its own uh, conference. Um, I am interested and excited about um, continuity between what's happening in the hub and on the stage. So curatorially I'm interested in how do we, how do we find those links in between and to be part of that process. So I, so there's a few things that I'm, I'm excited about that I can see and that includes art and design, you know, that it's that we have more of a connection. The speakers can be part of what's happening at the lunchtime breaks, et cetera. So there's this, there's this, this great kind of synergy between the two. So there's a few things that I'm excited about. What else am I excited about? Just, just, oh, um, yeah. To, again, it's just back to curation and programming. It's just having the most interesting people that you could possibly imagine on stage and looking for that wow moment that we're all keen mm, to have, mm, you know. Mm. That you can't so manufacture, right? Like you can't that, manufacture. that Ted moment just happens where everybody looks at one another and is like, what just happened? Wow. Remind yeah. me we, the name of the, the the guy who did the signing. I was just about to mention that one, which we, again, that was one of those things that, that, that I, I wasn't sure how that would work. Originally that was a performance. He was going to come along and do a body language or signing performance. Um, and then as I, as I was working with him, he basically, it was a talk. And I went, well, that's a talk. You need, we need to talk. And so we started working um, with him and his, um, his, one of our curators, Fraser Orford, as well. So we started all working. And, and you know, and he's amazing. So his name's Andy Dexterity. That's right. Right, um, right, 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 right. And he, he ended up doing this extraordinary talk. And he's all about using physical communication, that physical communication can be universal, that there is a way, in particular, he's fascinated with how do we make music accessible for all right. so that um, you can perform. So oftentimes when you're watching a concert, you'll, you'll see someone will be signing um, while someone is speaking and then they'll do the sign for music and they'll stop. Yes. And so what he does is he performs the music and what he wanted was to have Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody as the song and i said that's a great idea there is no chance in hell we are going to get permission australia from queen to have their most famous song on our site it's just not going to happen let's go find some australian songs so you know we're more likely to get the permission and the rights for that 
anyway, um, Andy is a is a an audacious and a fantastic character. And he goes, oh, no, we'll try it. So anyway, he made contacts with someone who made contact with someone else. And then eventually I was speaking to someone who was from Queen um, on the telephone, which I thought I, in a million okay, years. Okay, this is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. To be doing this and all of a sudden, <laughs> and they're like, okay. And I went, what? <laughs> well, you know, other than, of course, paying the, the rights for the song as you need to, but waiving considerable costs that they might do for a commercial event. I mean, again, absolutely um, charitable and kind from from Queen to, to allow this to happen. We got eventually the permission for um, this song. And so Andy spoke on stage, and you can watch this talk. It's online right now. In fact, I'm we finally posted it. it last I'm going to put it in this yes, episode. Please, please do. It's It's hilarious. And very funny and really moving too. And so he begins with a talk and he has this fantastic um, moustache. Oh, my gosh, right? Yeah, yeah he's got a great moustache. Um, and he, he's on stage and, of course, he talks about why, how important it is to have sign language. And back to the wow moment, you know, he, he was, he, you know, he asked everybody to, to sign along with him at various points. So let's all, let's all wave at each other. So we'll wave. Let's all clap. We learn, you know, if you're clapping, you wave your hands. Let's all do a I love you sign. Um, so he got everybody else to do the sign. And then he explained how different um, hand movements, of course, can mean different things in different cultures. So if you use your middle finger, for example, in Australia, and I, I dare say in America, that means the bird. It's not polite. But in sign language, it can mean here, there, everywhere. It could mean that you're pointing to something. Um, the middle finger in – and I, 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 look, spoiler alert. So the middle finger, if you point it up, um, to the sky, it actually means a very tall building. And so he, he got the entire 4,200 people <laughs> in the crowd to basically flip the bird. And so let's all do, let's all do the tallest building in Sydney CBD, which was hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that, you know, nothing like watching that happen and just thinking nobody's swearing here. They're just doing the exactly. sign for a, tall, exactly. a skyscraper. This is education. And then, then at the end, educational then at the end he said let's let me put um well let me put my words into practice and show you what i mean um and then the music started and of course the audience suddenly realized that he was about to do a performance to bohemian rhapsody and it was hilarious because the guy is a natural performer he, right. he's um you, you might have heard of the wiggles who yep. are a yep. MS australian if you've got kids you'll know the wiggles so he, he's the mayor of wiggle town as well um, and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's an ambassador for an organization called um, Deaf, Deaf, Deaf Australia, I think it's called. So, yeah, that's a great talk. I do recommend you watch it. And it's one of those great moments where you have that, that connection between a talk, a great talk, and then a performance. And, um, yeah, I was really, really thrilled with that one. I was, um, I was lucky enough to have talked to Remo just after the show and the live stream was, hadn't, it had just been up for a couple of days and then it got pulled down. And so I got to see mm -hmm. that. He said, don't miss Andy. It's spectacular. And I agree. <laughs> now, everybody yeah. that I talk to, when I say everybody, I mean 80% of the interviews want to go to TEDx Sydney when I put them on the red carpet and say, we can go anywhere in the world. Well, you get to cool. work at TEDx Sydney and you do several <laughs> youth and salons and all of that. If you and I were to get on that red carpet and fly someplace in the world, what TEDx would you like to go visit? Um, funnily enough, I really want to go and see the ones from this region. I want to I want to go to TEDx Wellington. I've seen and met some of them last week at TEDx Melbourne. I went to TEDx Melbourne. I want to go to Canberra. I want to go to Brisbane. I want to go to some of the local ones in in New South Wales. So I'm I'm super keen to see some more of the local ones. So I've so I've managed to go to a couple. 
Um, further afield, uh, I recently became aware of one in India, I think, called TEDx Gateway that looks yep. huge. Yep. So I'd, I'd love to go to that. Um, TEDx Portland, um, another good one. Obviously. Yep. Another good one. Um, Amsterdam. Then there's Santa Barbara, I hear, is a great one. Oh, I don't know. Soon. I don't know. I don't know. We're trying. <laughs> we're, love, we're trying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there, I mean, there's a, there's a couple that I'd like to go to. Um, but for me, for me, I'd really, I mean, I'd love to be able to visit some of the ones that are that are that are around here and to see how how people are going uh, closer to home. So, so that's my my job and my task is to is to get around um, some local ones, which I think is is important. I mean, the, the, it's a long way to travel to Australia, Mark. So. Yeah, but once you're there, no, I know. You know what? You Katie, never want to leave. Never want to leave. <laughs> Katie Yam at uh, TEDx Montreal. What she does is she gets her crew, and then they go visit. Mm. So they'll go to Beacon Street, or they'll go to they'll they just travel around, you know, regionally within. Yeah. You know, they're pretty central there, in Montreal, and so you'll she'll say, "Hey, do you got room for an extra eight? <laughs> you know, and she'll bring her crew, which which I love. And I, I've impugned on your time. I know you're really busy, but I do want to finish with um, kind of my favorite part, which is the best hack, mm. you know, which is what is the thing that you do? And, and this question has evolved over these many shows. What is the thing that you do that makes measurable difference and doesn't cost you any money? The thing that I do that makes measurable difference that doesn't cost me any money, as in a hack. A hack. Um, so, for I instance, mean, someone yeah. would would say, try to get everything you can for free. Don't just assume you have to pay for stuff. Just go yeah. ask. But and that doesn't cost you anything. I, so, what's yeah. Your hack? Look, I think I think I think I think this is something that a lot of us have. But I think I suppose for me. The hack that I have is that I, I have, um, I have media skills. So I, I, and this is a personal, I suppose, hack is that I can speak to a lot of people. I come from a background that is arts and culture and design and music. I worked at a youth radio station for 11 years and then I worked at an adult, you know, you know, talk station for, for a multitude of years. So I have been able to speak to a lot of people from a lot of different areas, whether it's science or technology. So having those media skills does come in handy if, um, and that, of course, help, it just helps to be able to communicate to a very wide range of people. So if you don't have them, that's okay. But I imagine a lot of people within a TEDx community who are organizing events like this do have that within their community. I, I get that, that sense. Ability, that sense, yeah. To, but the hack is really to be able to talk to everybody and to try and find a way to include as many people as possible where you need it, where the where those moments are required. Uh, and if they're not needed, to find somewhere else um, for that talent to be utilised effectively. So, I mean, that's 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 one hack. And I know this sounds a bit twee, but obviously it's just that um, being able to, I think for TEDx Sydney, it's being able to, again, bring in a wide range of people from a wide range of skills and diverse backgrounds and getting them to communicate within one organisation to get the best possible results on, on that stage. And I think that that's what we currently have within our curatorial team, um, So, which I'm, I'm really proud of and um, thankful to, to those members 
of the team who have such talent and such dedication that they'll come in on their own time and on their own time to, yep. to participate and to contribute. So, you know, I think those hacks are things that we all have. It's just about trying to obviously align them when you acquire them. Fenella, thank you so much. This is this was a treat. I didn't realize you had uh, the broadcast background, so your your ease with which you handle questions and all of that is always appreciated. And I think that that goes a long way towards you being in the. It feels like you're and what we I call an ace in the right place, <laughs> where you know it's kind of that right job for you to pull a bunch yeah. of worlds together. And I like. When you said the wide range of skills and backgrounds on the team, because as organizers, we're constantly reminded that we're looking for diversity of ideas on the stage. And it's mm. not just a single track. Salons are a single track, but it's, it's really how diverse can we be? Let's, you know, let's be full spectrum. In, in fact, there's been shows called full spectrum. Um, it, it's interesting though to, to take that same thinking back on the team and say, have a lot of diversity on the team. You're going to get a lot of different ideas, mm. not a bunch of the same kinds of people. And um, mm. I hadn't mm. quite heard it that way before. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad. And I, yeah, you're right. I do have a um, broadcast background. So when you showed me your microphone, I got really excited, Mark. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I nerded out. It was good. <laughs> Actually, before you let me go, Remo wanted me to tell you that the he, he was talking about the inflatable tribes that we have. Yes, and we have this ama- we have this amazing. It's huge, like it's enormous. It's probably like three stories high or something. That's a bit dramatic, but anyway, the inflatable red X. Yes. Do you remember he was yes, talking about that? So he he told he told me last night that the dimensions and the details for that is now up on the organizers hub so if you wanted to find out um about about that how to get it manufactured etc um it's all there so we've provided that stuff there which i'm it's big i even saw one of our speakers climb up into it to get one of the photographs with some newspaper from the the top of the x so just having a little re- i don't know how he got up there oh but anyway <laughs> that's amazing it's there. thank you so much and please uh give a, a hug to all our good friends in sydney and tell vicky thanks so much for helping make all of this happen she's great at what she does thank you so much it's wonderful to be on and all the best for your event and if anybody else has their tedx event happening soon all the best it's going to be amazing i'm sure of it there you go thank you so much bye-bye thank you bye thanks for listening to hacking the red circle have an idea for a guest for the show Or would you like to tell us your TEDx story? Just drop me a note in an email to mark at hackingtheredcircle.com. Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle.